0: And I will say book friends one more time because I don't know if I have any more book friends after
1: this. <laughs> so, Welcome to Keep It Fictional, a weekly podcast for book lovers by book lovers. Build your to-be-read list with Sadie, Liz, Virginia, Fiona, and Corinne from the Port Moody Public Library. Warning, this podcast contains strong opinions and may cause an increase in your library holds list.
2: Well hello everybody, welcome back to Keep It Fictional, a podcast and video cast by book lovers from the Port Moody Public Library for you, our fellow book lovers. My name is Liz and I'll be our host today for a very special episode. Now we'd like to think that they're all very special episodes because they all concern books. However, if you've been listening lately, you'll likely have tuned into our special episodes where we have featured picks for one of our fellow book lovers that you see on screen today, or perhaps don't see on screen, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Now, rather than picking books that are totally in somebody's wheelhouse and absolutely customized to their tastes, we decided to challenge ourselves and pick books for each other, that maybe aren't in that person's wheelhouse. Maybe for whatever reason, that person would not normally pick this book up off of the shelf. Maybe they're sort of averse to certain elements of it or scared or nervous, but it's okay because we're here to find those books to sort of help crack that perception and hopefully bring them some joy and entertainment. So this is not a torturous exercise for the person, hopefully. It is meant to... Expose them to things they may be missing out on. Now, with me today, I've got Fiona and Sadie and Corrine. And in a bit, we will see Virginia, but she is not here quite yet because this episode is about the books we have chosen for her. And so, in honor of our dear friend Virginia, we have all decided to implement a dress code for today. We are all wearing black, as Virginia does, one of her signature looks, and we also have brought our owl friends with us today because, of course, you may know Virginia is our resident owl lover. We are really here to talk about the books today on Virginia's Day, Virginia Fest, Virginia Palooza, Virginia Ween, All Virginia's Eve. Okay, anyways, you, you get the idea, you get the idea. So let's all talk about her tastes as a reader. So what sort of books would she gravitate towards? Um, genres, when when you think of Virginia as a reader, what sort of things would describe her? Horrifying, gross. This is what she likes to read, not, not describing Virginia. <laughs> um, upsetting. <laughs> So reading is very subjective. So according to Fiona, that's your perception of the types of books that Virginia would read. A bit horrific, <laughs> A bit traumatic for you, maybe.
1: But she also likes sports manga. So there's that. She's also our. I feel like our high fantasy reader. She's our representation for high fantasy. I know that she enjoys kind of those really long needy thousand-plus page fantasy picks, which we don't, we don't talk a ton about, yeah. And space operas.
3: I gotta say for myself, this is, like, the easiest question to answer. So it is a well-known library truism that if there is a book that I love, Virginia will hate it, and if there is a book that Virginia loves, I will hate it. She is kind of like my evil twin, I guess? Like if we're going like Sweet Valley High and there's Jessica and Elizabeth and then there's like Margot and Nora to do like a really deep cut. Like Virginia is like through a dark mirror or I'm her through a dark mirror. Um, and that our tastes are on very opposite ends of the spectrum. If there's a book that I start reading and I get this like weird, awful feeling in the pit of my stomach that I can only kind of describe or actually verbalize as kind of like, oh. Then that's a Virginia book for me. That's a Virginia book for me. As you say, loves horror, loves genre so much. But I think what she also loves is when genre kind of like pushes it a little bit. She's not like a strict person where the genre is kind of relying on the tropes and the voices that it traditionally has. She likes it to push the envelope. She likes new and diverse voices. She likes new takes on old stories. And I think she reads very purposefully. I know that because she keeps a spreadsheet. So obviously there is some purpose behind there, but I know that Virginia is constantly pushing herself as a reader to explore more things, to explore more voices, to find more diverse, better books. So I think that, I mean, in her heart of hearts, in her, in her black heart, Uh, She is a genre reader, but I don't think that she is penned in by that. I think that she is always pushing herself to explore, explore more worlds. Nice one. Nice one, Corey. Well done.
2: Yeah, some really great points from everybody. Um, Definitely agree on the, you know, being a diverse reader, despite being very selective and having very strong opinions about the types of books and stories that uh, Virginia will gravitate towards. Um, which is something I really admire about her. Um, she She's so well read. Like Corey mentioned, she keeps that spreadsheet um, so she can keep track of uh, what she has read and then also identify gaps in her reading. I've noticed she's you know, looked for those little pockets of maybe um, authors from, from different nations or different types of stories or different types of formats. Uh, and gone to seek those things out, to round out her reading, uh, which I, which I really, really do appreciate. I also love that lately she's been downloading a lot of advanced copies of books that I have also downloaded. And I, I trust her opinion as kind of like the litmus test, like, you know, oh, that was a, that was a really cheap use of this, um, this plot device which ruined it for her or, or, and just feedback like that, like that's so precise and like articulate. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to waste my time on that. Thank you so much. Uh, so she's definitely great at articulating what it is that she doesn't like about a book or does like about a book, which I'm looking forward to hearing about uh, what she thought of all of our picks for her.
3: Are you Liz? Are you? Cause I'm not. I'm not. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit afraid because as you, as you rightfully point out, Liz, even though I don't agree with her taste, she's got good taste. Yeah. She's got excellent taste in what she reads, even though it's not something that I would touch with a 10 foot pole and definitely like respect her, her opinions on different things, even though she didn't like Mexican Gothic and I thought it was great. It's fine.
2: Sometimes we hold grudges here on KF, but that's okay. They're all very all book related grudges so you know that's that's inevitable um so okay that being said about Virginia um was it difficult for everybody to choose that one book that one book to recommend to her for this episode
1: I I struggled with with Virginia's pick I definitely did I because I think I know that she is such a diverse reader and I know like for certain people you could kind of pick Almost an age range, and know, okay, they don't read a lot of this age group or this. And I feel like Virginia does tend to read across. Like, I know she reads a lot of middle grade stuff. I know she reads kids' stuff as well. I, I, maybe not quite as much YA. And so, to pick, to kind of try and find something that, uh, that I, I knew that she didn't, but that she would not hate, I think that was the challenge because I wanted to find something she didn't hate, which is the purpose of this. And so, my pick, it, When we go get into the books, it led me down some very strange Google searches. I will just say that. Um, trying to find a certain subset of certain genres. But yeah, it was I struggled. I did.
2: Interesting. Reaching out to the interwebs for for the assist. All right. All right. Good strategy, Sadie. Corrine, your thoughts on the process.
3: It was really tough because I knew that any book I liked, she'd probably hate. So I had to really go against my gut, uh, which was really tricky because, again, I think there's five books that we agree on historically that we both really liked. So it was hard to kind of like, I really like this book and I think it's a good book, but I can't trust that feeling because I think that Virginia will think totally the opposite of what I think. So. As Sadie rightfully pointed out, Virginia reads kind of across all things more fiction than nonfiction. And my first gut feeling was, oh, I can just grab a really good nonfiction book because I know she'll love it. And then she wrote us an email explicitly telling us to choose a fiction book and unrailed all of my plans, every last one of them. So it was a little bit of a scramble, but I think I hit on something that would be acceptable. That's what I'm going for is acceptable.
2: Okay, so so far across the board, the confidence is not very high, uh, but the effort, the effort was there. Fiona? Yeah, I would say that of everyone, she wasn't like the hardest to choose for, like because she's very vocal about her tastes. So it was like, oh yeah, that's going to be not a Virginia thing. So like, that's where I can start was kind of like, you know, my thinking. With that said, I'm not super confident about what I picked. (laughs) Yeah. like, I was like, okay, I got these, like, Virginia wouldn't pick up aspects, but maybe didn't get the, like, but Virginia will actually enjoy those aspects. Like you say that every week, Fiona, I don't, I don't know if they'll really like it. I'm not really confident in that. So low expectations and maybe high uh, reward in this case, who knows? No, she'll see. Yeah. You would think that being pretty confident about somebody's opinions about what what uh, they like and don't like in books would would narrow the field down. But yeah, I couldn't agree more with all of you. Um, For somebody who's so well read and, you know, has some definite nopes and some definite yeses, you know, if it's a Virginia book, she's probably already read it or put it on hold or has ordered it. So, yeah, a little little bit, a little bit tough here. So I think we're going uh, for the best we can do. All right. Well, with that, we might as well reveal our picks now before we bring Virginia into the mix. Sadie, so what did you end up after all that searching? What what did you end up choosing for Virginia?
1: All right. So my tactic for this was, for lack of a better term, creepy romance, because I know that romance is something that Virginia will generally not Gravitate towards. If it is in a book, she does not usually like it. If it's kind of the forefront of that. So I wanted to find a romance, but I didn't just want to give her just a straight romance book because I figured that was too far out of her reading habits. So I tried to find a horror romance book that had enough of the horror elements, but still had romance. So as I said, it led me to some interesting Google searches for creepy romance books, which takes you down a path you don't want to go down. And I generally just threw out everything that it suggested to me. So the one that I did decide to go on, it's not technically classified as a romance, but it does have romance. So it is Jane Ann Krentz, The Vanishing. And uh, it takes place in um, a town close to Seattle. And uh, the town is called Fog Lake. It's a very small town. And kind of the premise of it is that decades ago, something happened in this town called the incident. And no one really knows what happened. Um, There was an explosion in the caves and an unknown gas was released into this town. And in the aftermath of this, it caused residents of this town to gain supernatural abilities. So it also has a supernatural aspect, which I know Virginia does enjoy reading. But because of this event, this town was brought to the attention of quite a few government agencies and they did not want to basically be used as research experiment. And so they passed it all off as side effects of food poisoning and convinced the government to go away. So now this is happening some years later um, and our protagonists, we have Catalina and Olivia um, and they own an investigation firm in Seattle and they use what they have developed from the incident um, as an other site to solve crimes and to solve these cases. But then Olivia disappears and so Catalina now trying to go on this search to find what has happened to her friend no one really takes the disappearance seriously and this is where our romance comes in so enter Slater Argenbright from some shady organization that uh yeah right good name good name romance name so definitely a romance name. And he takes an interest in this case and takes an interest um, in helping Catalina. And kind of as they go, they learn that Catalina and Olivia are the only two surviving witnesses of something that happened in the caves, um, a murder that happened in the caves. And that is why they are being targeted and why Olivia has disappeared and why Catalina's life may also be in danger. So yeah, so that is the book I chose. I hope that it had enough kind of mystery, creepy aspects to it. But then I was trying to address the romance side of things in a way that uh, Virginia would not necessarily go for. Um, I think Jane Ann Krentz as an author, depending on the bookstore, or the library is sometimes shelved in romance, sometimes shelved in fiction. So... I was kind of thinking that was that was my my line of thought when I chose that book so that was The Vanishing by Jane Ann Kretz. thank you Sadie
2: quite the story quite you right. quite the romance pick romance name choice for her to use for the male hmm, interesting uh, <laughs> That doesn't draw you in. I don't know what will. Uh, okay. Well, Corinne, do you have
3: a book with a fancy schmancy name in it? Or? Oh, I have fancy schmancy names to spare. Don't you worry about that. I, yeah. Okay. So again, I could not trust myself. And I think a lot of, some of us went to kind of like middle grade or YA cause was like, Oh, maybe we can find something in there. Cause it was between this and the alienist. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if Virginia could do like a straight up historical mystery. So instead, I just went with one of the categories that I know she's not fond of, which is just historical. Instead of like doing like a one-two punch, I just did like a one punch. This metaphor is getting out of hand. Okay. So I went with a kid's historical fiction that I'm going to firmly put into the box called Literary. It's very artsy. It's an artsy, artsy book. Like, it's capital A Art. It is by a Newbery Medal winner, which I know Virginia and I have feelings about. So, (laughs) just, I'm building this case really well. But I think there's enough appeal factors in it that it might have worked. And so I chose the book by uh, Laura Amy Schlitz, which is Amber and Clay. It is a kid's book. It just came out this year. I suspect it might be up for some sort of Newbery honor, if I'm being totally honest, because it is very artsy and right up the committee's alley. And it takes place in ancient Greece. So Virginia, if I'm remembering correctly, I know she knows Latin. And I know that she was a classics major, pretty sure. <laughs> she knows a lot more about the classics than your average person on the street. So I was like, uh-huh. ah, So if I just tie it in to what she already knows, maybe she'll find it interesting that way and ignore how much art is going on. And it's a little bit horrifying because about halfway through the book, one of the main characters is struck by lightning and straight up dies like deadity dead, 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 and is a ghost, which is a bold move for a middle grade novel told in two verses that one of them dies in the middle of it. So I kind of thought this might work, maybe. It is about one boy who is born as a slave who calls himself Common as Clay. He is, oh, I should have asked Virginia how to pronounce these, rascos. And a kind of highborn, aristocratic but very wild uh, Athenian girl called Melisto, and it kind of chronicles them from their birth, where they are born in these very different circumstances. Him as a son of a woman who has been captured from this this horse island, Thessaly, and brought to be a slave, and who is eventually sold and taken from him, and the life of this very privileged aristocratic girl who, nonetheless, because she is in Athens, is looked down upon and hated by her mother because she was born a girl and that they don't have a son. And eventually Rascos's mother ends up being a servant to Melisto. So there is this kind of like link of fate between the two of them. And speaking of fate, throughout the book, there are the different stories of the different gods who kind of pop up to throw in their two cents about what's going on. And you kind of follow their their stories as they slowly intertwine, as they go about their their lives in kind of meticulously researched detail about what was life like in this particular time in ancient Greek history. As well as there are kind of like little bits of archaeology that are thrown in, like illustrated bits of archaeology that kind of help tell the story as you go along. And eventually, as I said, one of the main characters straight up dies and the, uh, the mother of Raxos goes to the grave of Melistos and essentially curses her, curses this girl to wander the earth, unresting, unable to find peace until she frees her son. So the mother kind of like binds the fate of these two children together to an epic finale. It's, it's so good. I really love this book another thing that Virginia probably doesn't like is that some of it's written in verse but verse and like ancient Greek verse like oh and some of it's like theater in Greece so maybe that's gonna 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 work yeah it's it's a it it is a truly beautifully written really really well thought out Book that I think Virginia is open to different formats if it makes sense as to why they are in that format. And if the format kind of like lifts the story up a little bit, then it is worth it. And I really do feel like the, the format and the choices that Laura Amy Schlitz made to kind of format this around those kind of Greek conventions really works. So I'm hoping that's enough. An interesting pick. It sounds like
2: something I don't want to read
3: right i think he, i think it'd be right up your alley uh, liz it's so good um yeah and just so very 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 well written yeah you, you could put it in the hands of a kid a teen or an adult and i think everyone would get something really powerful out of it high high praise
2: for this title hopefully virginia enjoyed it as well we shall find out all right fiona what did you bring for virginia Okay, so I choose Adam Silvera, History is All You Left, which is a genre that's very up my alley. It is a realistic YA, which I love. And I know that Virginia tends to gravitate more towards horror and magic, so it's pretty out of left field for her. Of course, she's no stranger to LGBTQ fiction, but usually it's in space or in a mythical world. <laughs> so, uh, In History is All You Left Me. It is about Theo, whose ex-boyfriend has recently died in a drowning accident. It takes part in uh, the present and the past, exploring their relationship, and also uh, the present time in which Theo, no, sorry, Theo is the um, ex who passed away. uh, And Griffin is the guilty character. And so the present time follows him and also looks at his relationship with Jackson, I want to say. Yeah, Jackson, who was dating Theo at the time of his death. So it is a romance and it's a sad romance about dealing with grief and moving on after losing someone you love. So pretty heavy, pretty un-Virginia-like. Oh, and I am really sorry if I if if you did read this, Virginia, and you just like didn't, didn't enjoy those feelings. Because I realized that essentially my my approach uh, was like Sadie to choose a romance, because I felt like that was the, the least Virginia thing. And then my goal uh, was that I wanted to choose something that would make Virginia feel a lot of feelings. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is a little unfair, but is my favorite when Virginia finds a book that makes her feel a lot of feelings. For instance, she is really into T.J. Klune and I think um, is a very empathetic reader, which is amazing why she doesn't gravitate towards, you know, like really human day-to-day life feelings, and so uh, if that's something that you'd like to avoid, I really apologize, but um, yeah, I love it when Virginia gets really invested in characters, um, and she, you know, just wants the best for them, and you can just see how passionately uh, she feels for those characters, so that is ultimately why I chose this book. Adam Silvera Silvera is just a very well respected YA author. He's a great writer uh, and he is known for giving you all the feels. So I hope you had some of the feels and I hope some of them were good, Virginia. Interesting strategy, tugging tugging at those heart strings. Oh boy. <laughs> As always, I always seem to have an alternate pick that I, I'm a hundred percent sure of. And then in the 11th hour, I decided I need to scrap it for whatever reason. Um, So what I initially chose, and I was so sure about and I'm pretty sure it even like hit her desk, uh, was something called Fall Down Seven Times, Get Up Eight. Um, And it is originally written in Japanese by Naoki Higashida. And I ultimately ended up scrapping it because it is is a memoir. um, And, you know, decided to to respect the wishes of Virginia and go more for the fictional route. Um, But I thought she would appreciate that one, um, fall down seven times, get up eight, because uh, it's a first person um, account of what it's like to be autistic, to be neurodiverse. So I thought she would really appreciate that one. Um, That being said, so I decided to also go uh, the YA route and pick something that had a little bit of romance. Had a little bit of sports, so something else, a topic that she also usually doesn't gravitate towards unless uh, abs- absolutely necessary, um, like our sports themed shows. Um, yeah, but that being said, I thought that a lot of elements of this book may be up her alley. So this one's called Furia, and it is by Shamile Said Mendez. And she is an Argentinian American author. And this one's actually on my to read list. I've heard wonderful things about this from some youth librarians I know. It seems like this one might be a good one. Anyways, it focuses on Camilla. She is a teen soccer player living in Argentina, but on the pitch, she is known as La Furia. Her brother is a rising soccer star and the former love of her life. Of her young life. He has gone pro and he plays for Juventus in Italy. And if you know anything about international football, that is a big deal. So Camille's team qualifies for a South American tournament, and this could be the catalyst for her dreams. And her one of her dreams is to get a scholarship to a North American university and move there and play there and become a soccer star in her own right. However, despite the success of her brother, of other people that they know in their community within soccer, her family doesn't think that it's appropriate for females to play soccer. Now to attend the South American tournament, she does need the permission of her family to go. Now add to the mix the return of that former love on holiday from his schedule in Italy to throw a wrench in things. She's dealing with her own personal feelings uh, about love, but also about pursuing her own dream and doing the things that she wants to do and achieving the goals that she wants to achieve. So I thought Virginia might be able to access this book because it does deal with a very strong female character uh, with with ambition, with uh, goals and aspirations. It's also taking place in South America, which um, I've noticed a couple books like she's she started to read books in translation and that talk about life in South America and how maybe the political climate in certain countries affects the common person there, uh, which which definitely, you know, um, social mores definitely do affect furia or la furia in this case. So I hope you like it, Virginia on so my like to read list so I'm kind of counting on you to give it a good review um because otherwise I don't know if I'll pick it up so this is Furia and it's by Shamile Saeed Mendez it's a lot of pressure I feel like that's a lot of pressure <laughs> lot. I, I think we're really feeling the pressure on this one now with that now that we've gotten that all out of our system I think it's time we bring Virginia to the table welcome virginia you've got your
0: owl friend too. i brought my owl i woke him up he's sleeping supposed to be but
2: excellent.
0: he's up now our book
2: friends we've got our owl friends excellent so how did that feel virginia hearing yourself talked about is there anything you want to clear the air about any misconceptions misperceptions that you want to address
0: I think everybody was being super nice about saying Virginia is very picky. You're all having so many beautiful words to describe how picky I am. And that's fine because I'm totally picky. Like you're totally right. I am super picky. I am super opinionated about my books and uh, strong feelings, like all you said. And I love Fiona's opening. Horrifying and gross and upsetting. (laughs) That is totally true. That is totally true. You know, so. Thank you for using all the nice words to describe this really annoying picky person. So, And it's, it's really so much fun listening to. You have all said that in the previous episode, listening to yourself being described as a reader is really interesting, you know, but I feel like all of you got it like sort of everything was true, but like, I'm definitely picky. I'm trying hard to like read more different things, but something about it that has to be a, a little weird. A little odd, you know, I would do historical fiction if there's something weird in it. And it's nice to know that there are other people who know you and love love listening to why everybody picked whatever book it is. You know, it was also very interesting. So, yeah.
2: So speaking of those book picks, without talking about the books quite just yet,
0: were your guesses as to who selected which title fairly accurate? Um. So I was 100% sure about Koreans. 100% sure of Korean's. I was maybe 98% sure that was Sadie's. So I feel like if I got Sadie, then I might have got the other two, but I mixed up as your pick and Fiona, because I was pretty sure Fiona was going to pick a sports book for me. I was so sure she was going to do a sports book. And I feel like History Is All You Left Me is a very much a Liz book. And I feel like Furia is very much a Fiona book too. So yeah. So, but I was pretty sure Some romantic suspense is going to come from Sadie. I was pretty sure of that. (laughs) So
3: creepy romance, creepy romance. Sadie delivers. (laughs) Sadie always delivers.
2: You're just spreading the word about, you know, paranormal, paranormal stuff. Yeah. Spreading the word. All right. Well, we'll take the spotlight off of Virginia for a moment. Although you do. I do request that you answer this question as well, Virginia. Um, We'll take a little bit of a break, maybe extend the suspense uh, before we hear what Virginia uh, thought about the four books that we've chosen for her. So my question to everybody is, what does your ideal day of reading look like? Have you experienced
3: it already? Oh, of course, Liz. Every Sunday. Every lazy Sunday. Perfect day is? I don't have anything to do for the rest of the day. <laughs> That's key. Schedule, clear. I wake up. Do I get out of bed? No. I reach over and grab the book that I was reading the night before and just kind of like luxuriate in bed for a couple of hours and then slowly roll myself out of bed, get a Dr. Oetker's spinach and cheese pizza, put it in the oven because I can eat it and read at the same time, which is very important and then I'll move over to my couch reading and then depending on the weather it's got to be between about 21 to about 27 degrees celsius I will go outside on my little chair that I bought and read out there if I can get the shadows exactly right and then I will roll back into my bed for the rest of the evening and probably read until three o'clock that is my perfect day
2: very detailed highly detailed itinerary down to the brand of frozen pizza you enjoy uh fiona what's what's your ideal reading day like any pizza involved or uh probably not pizza i'd get up early but not virginia early and get in the car and listen to my audiobook as i drive to a coffee shop no a, a brunch spot that's 45 minutes away so i get a good like listen in and then I'll crack open my physical book
1: while I'm there in the coffee shop having my leisurely breakfast and coffee. I have a question, actually, a clarification. Is the physical book the same as the audiobook, or are they two separate books? Okay, I was actually thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> they could
2: very much be the same book. Sometimes it's really nice to, to do that. But I think... Hmm. Yes, okay, we'll go with that for simplicity. <laughs> Liz is giving me like a what? No. I kind of like I like it because then you've got the voice in your head, but like sometimes, but then you just get to do something different. And then and then you go and then I'll go back to the audiobook when I'm driving home. And later I'll do a walk an audiobook and a cook an audiobook and a sew an audiobook. And then just end the night on the couch uh reading
3: the physical book. I love that your perfect day of reading has you specifically driving out to like whack.
2: <laughs> I really, I like to drive. I'm one of those people. And it's just because audiobooks exist. That's why I like it. Now, is it the same audiobook in the drive as well as while you're crafting later in the day? I think I am imagining like a really perfect audiobook. You know, one of those ones that just like really draws you in and like you want to live in that world all day. So yeah it's it's a perfect audiobook where like you can listen to it for eight hours in one day perfect audiobook perfect reading day all right virginia what's your
0: ideal day of reading like well it's gonna have to start at 4 a.m when nobody is there obviously and it will have I I can read in the bed because I will fall asleep bed is for sleeping I will I can't, I can't, I'll just like sliding down and like, you know what? I, I, yeah. So definitely have to sit somewhere like properly on the couch. Maybe, um, it has to be raining outside. It's going to be nice and cool. So none of this hotness right now, just nice and cool. Raining is great. Cause like, I don't usually listen to other things. Like I don't like it when there's like other noise, like TV, radio, whatever on while I'm reading, but raining noise is like the perfect soundtrack for reading. So, and then of course, coffee, if somebody can just keep fueling my cup that I don't have to get up, that would be perfect. So don't need a lot. Sounds nice.
2: And I have a feeling that Sadie's perfect reading, they might have some overlap with yours, Virginia.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, So I would try to picture kind of like, the imaginary perfect reading day and like the perfect reading day that I've had and trying to find like which one to describe. So I'm actually going to describe the one that I've had and it starts in a weird way. Um, there is a eight kilometer race that I used to run in Victoria every Thanksgiving weekend. Um, it is, it used to be called the good life marathon. There was a half marathon, a full marathon and an 8k race. And me and a friend of mine, Uh, for about three or four years, would go over every year and do that race. Uh, It was when my parents were living in Victoria. So it always involved staying with them and then having Thanksgiving dinner that evening. And it was always nice and crisp. Usually it was raining. Um, And so my ideal reading day actually starts with that. And the reason that it starts with that is because then any guilt that I might feel about sitting around the rest of the day and doing absolutely nothing is completely gone because I've already run eight kilometers that morning. And I did this many years where I would just then go back to my parents' house. I would curl up on the couch. I'd have my blanket. I The dog, my parents' dog would usually be at my feet. My parents' cat would sometimes be on my lap. There'd be tea involved. You could smell like all of the Thanksgiving smells, like all of the delicious cooking smells. And I would just sit there and read until it was time for dinner. Uh, so I think that that wanting to recreate that day um, but just in general definitely rain I agree with Virginia it would have to be cold it would involve lots of warm drinks um, preferably tea and just like being cozy when it was freezing cold outside and being cozy inside would kind of be the overall good reading day
2: the unique take on the ideal reading day <laughs> like that though no guilt should never have a guilt have guilt
1: for Herb beating Day. <laughs> it's true. It's true.
2: What about you, Liz? Um, yeah, a lot of similarities. Um, a cooler day outside, so I can be cozy inside. Couch, blankets, cats, endless supply of books, no other commitments, no interruptions, um, endless supply of hot beverages, food on demand, somebody else cooking, that would, that would be wonderful. So one day, one day again, we will get there. Like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, uh, Sunday. Sunday is not always a day of rest for all of us, sadly. I don't know. I wish it was a thing. Uh, well, with that being said, it's time to turn it back to Virginia. And reveal all of our fates. okay, maybe that's a little bit dramatic, but to reveal what you thought of our book picks. So Virginia, I turn the floor over to you. Oh, yeah, I have a few things to
0: say before that. <laughs> that never goes well, I understand. But first of all, you all know me. One of the things you didn't mention is that I am a firm believer of life is too short, so did not finish is a valid status for books. That's my philosophy. But because these four books were for my book friends, they're like presents to me. So I did read all four of them from beginning to end. Maybe I scanned a few pages here and there, like those romance scenes, but I did read all four of them because I feel like that's the least I could do. So just keep that in mind when I'm talking about the books. I did read all of them. I did read all of them, okay? Um, secondly, uh, you also all know me that I have absolutely no control over my facial expressions and muscles, which means whatever I feel about something you can tell right away from my face. So I hope you will, um, forgive some of the honest opinions that might come your way because even if I try to do it like with like you know the beautiful words that you all have like uh, you can tell from my face so I'm not even going to try um so I hope that's okay especially I know how hard it is when you love something and somebody is telling you like "Eh, yeah like I know how hard it is so um and I know that sucks so I'm really sorry that I might say things about some things.
3: This is a long preface, Virginia. This is an awfully long and detailed and specific preface to what you're about to say. But me read all the books. Just remember
0: that I really read all the books. Um, and, and most importantly, to all the listeners out there, I firmly believe that there is a reader for every single book. It's great that the world has so many different kinds of books. Books for you, books for me, books for everybody out there. So if after hearing my book friends talk about their books, sound like they will be the book for you, please go borrow it. Please go read it. I will be returning these as soon as I get back to the library. So put them on hold now because they might be the book for you. And I will say book friends one more time because I don't know if
3: I have any more book friends after this. You're getting some book enemies, that's for sure.
0: I know, right? Okay, 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 okay. So it's weird because when I first got the pile of books, I was so relieved in some ways because I was convinced that Corinne, you're going to give me a straight romance. I was so convinced you're going to do that. I was convinced that Sadie is going to give me some historical fiction. I was so sure that Liz and Fiona are going to try to sneak in a memoir somehow into my pile so when I saw the kids and teen books I'm like yay kids and teen books you know I can do this right so I was I was relieved and I remember saying that to Fiona I'm like everybody's being so nice they're giving me kids and teen books yay so I was quite relieved and and all of them have something connected to me in some ways. So I felt like, oh, you know, like maybe they know something more about me that I didn't know that they know. So it was uh, so it was it was a good pile of books. So I started off with there's one book that I gravitate towards because I've always wanted to read the author. And this so I was really excited to see that. So I started with that. And because it was a teen book, so I kind of went teen kids, adults, and another teen book. So that was how I decided the order of the books. So the first book that I read is History Is All You Left Me. So that was Fiona's book. So that was the first one because I, I wanted to read an Adam Silvera book and I borrowed Infinity Sense a bunch of times, but just never got around to reading it. So I thought, oh, yay, I can get to read it. So when I first started, I was like, okay, I like Griff. I like Fiona, I like their relationship. I like where it is going. And I even don't mind the little like confession moment. It was kind of sweet. It was kind of cute the way they were like saying, oh, I love you. And then the other one was like, oh, like, you know, it was, it was cute. So even like that part was fine. Then the funeral happened because as Fiona put that's like in the early, in the beginning and Jackson show up. And once Jackson show up, I was just like, where is this story going? I find it hard to believe that Griff will just, go talk to this Jackson person. I just can't because I feel like he has such a strong relationship with Theo that I don't find it plausible that he would be okay with talking to this this other boyfriend. Like I, I find that hard to believe. And I think like Liz mentioned, once there's something in the premise that I can't get over, then I have trouble with the story and and the way the story develops like because I love the writing I think his writing is really good and I don't mind the feelings as Fiona pointed out (laughs) you know but it's just because I couldn't get past that story and how the story developed it was tricky for me to get into it and 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 the ending didn't help like for me it did just the way like how Griff End up with whatever, it just doesn't work for me. I don't want to spoil it for other people who are going to read it because I know you will all go read it. Um, so it was it was uh tricky for me, that one. So yeah. But well, you read it. But I read it exactly, Fiona. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. So the next book I read is the kids' book from Corinne. Oh, and by the way, I don't even I can't even show you history as all you left me because someone has already put it on hold, so I had to return it. So yeah, so someone is reading it right now. So so that's the second book that I read is Amber and Clay. I kind of knew it was from you because of the, the kids book and also the novel in verse thing. Because I'm like, yeah, he's, she's going to pick a novel in verse for me. But as you pointed out, it feels natural because it's set in ancient Greece, right? And then like, that's kind of like, it reminds me of all the things that I had to translate when I was in university. Like, it's they, oh, of course, all in verse, it makes sense. So it actually makes sense. It fits the book that part was not as challenging as I thought. I think if you give me like a contemporary like novel in verse, yeah, that would be hard. And I also love that you give me like a doorstopper because you know I love doorstopper, so that's great. But as you said, Corinne, a book that you love <laughs> is likely not going to be a Virginia book. I knew it. 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 You don't know how much I tried. I read. I I even read out loud to try to like get myself into this book. Like I try and I think one of you pointed out earlier is the characters. I couldn't get, I couldn't connect with them. Like it's it's maybe what you said is like, it is so, I don't know if it's the artsy part of it, but it's so like, it's hard. Like I don't, I can't connect with them. And, and, and generally I pick up a book because it's, it's got a weird premise, there's something about it that I like, but what makes me stick around, it has to be the characters. If I don't care about them, then I can't, yeah. So it was that part that was slightly hard. And I also, it's also hard for me to think about like, what kid would enjoy this? It is like a, like a such a, like you said, it's such a Newberry, like like written for a Newberry Jury Award winner, like kind of, so it's just
3: like, I, how? So. I took a gamble. I took a gamble. I took a gamble. But, I mean, I, the, the characters are more interested in, in what they are and what they represent than as actual people. Like, I feel like they feel more like archetypes than they feel like actual, like, fully fleshed out characters. So, I can accept, I can accept that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I, I need them to feel like people. Not fuss. <sighs> oh okay all right this is like the hardest episode ever shredded this so much but yes so but I read it 500 whatever pages of this I read it all so uh okay next one is the adult book um so this is the vanishing from J.N. Krantz so I came to this with a bit of a bias so Sadie that's like I feel like it's me totally is my bias because the only romantic suspense book that I've ever borrowed is a J.N. book because I was looking for a book about coats. That's why it was funny that I'm like, oh, it's interesting that she picked this offer for me. Cause I was like, that one was like, like a lot more romance. I think I never finished it. And I was just like, so, it, so I, I was biased kind of against it. I'm going to admit it. I was also Bias, I think, because for the last year I couldn't get into thrillers. I had a very a lot of trouble with thrillers. I don't know why. Like I used to read them, but I just find like I just couldn't get into them, and so that makes it hard for me. And it's funny because because you haven't read it, right? No, okay. Because it's not it's not actually very much romance. Like nothing really happened until really late. And then those pages I can just skip. So that was like fine for me (laughs) (laughs) because it was just, it was very short periods of like romance stuff in it. And it also wasn't, I, I think what it was is that like, I feel like it's kind of like, you know how I love spicy food and I was trained to eat spicy food when I was like a little kid. So I've had built up years and years of trained spicy food and I have no more taste buds. Like everything's got burned off. So basically, unless you're super spicy, I don't feel it. And I feel like that's kind of like this because this is very very mild. Everything is mild about it, and I can just imagine this to be a really like kind of like one of those TV shows on on like NBC that it's just it's perfect for that. Like everything kind of makes sense, everything ties together, but it's not like it's okay for network TV because it's more mild. I don't know. I think that's exactly really bad. But you know, like you know that there's shows that are like that's perfect for putting it on TV and you can kind of walk away and you come back and be like, okay, you know, like this is what's happening. It's kind of feel like that. Um, So I just need something like intense, as you pointed out, something horrifying, something intense, something more like weird. So yeah. And, but I feel like it was not fair because I was already not in the thriller mood. Like, I, yeah. So, so this would be the thriller that I read this year so that I can check off. So yeah,
1: that's fair. Totally fair. (laughs) Is it? I don't know it is of course it
0: is (laughs) (sighs) okay yeah and I was kind of like when you were talking about it earlier I was just like maybe she should have picked me one of those like weird horror romance that you found online maybe I would probably like it better because it's weird and extreme anyway (laughs) so all right last but not least is uh, Aetheria but from this the one that I'm so sure was Fiona and this is a very Fiona book I think Fiona would probably like it maybe Anyway, um, so again, really like you, Liz, you know that I don't like sports novel um, and that's probably why you picked it for me, but at least you pick a sports that I under, understand. So it was good. Now I exclusively watch hockey, but before that, football is the thing that my family watched always. So we wake up like at 2 a.m. to go watch the World Cup. So that's kind of like a thing, you know? So at least it's like something that I used to love and used to watch quite a bit more. Um, and I don't think Juventus was my team, but I was definitely an Italy fan. So it was good pick, even though the offer, of course, is an Argentinian fan. And I never cheer for Argentina because why? Um, so yeah, that is kind of like familiar in some ways. It's funny because I think this is probably the one that I enjoy the most out of the four because despite not having any experience obviously in her culture the way girls are treated is very similar to how like I was treated in my own culture the kind of things that they expect or like expect what a girl can do and cannot do and you know constantly being told like you know you can't do that like you're a girl like all that it's very similar in that way so there's something very like like such relatable in that way Um, in terms of her experience um, and I think also there's not actually that many ball scenes in it in the sense that like they don't spend a lot of time describing like their games and all that it's there but it's not that much so that was nice to see and i think also that this one probably has the most romance list and there was a lot of eye rolling because those those were hard to read. Like, you know, the whole Diego Camilla thing, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, so it was really, that part was hard because I'm just like, what is going on? Like, you know, and I can't skip it because it's all over the story.
3: <laughs> so,
0: but the good writing helps. The good writing helps. But yeah, so it was, it was, Probably the one that I, I liked the most because I did like the character. I thought there was like, you know, like you said, a very strong character and, you know, that has to make difficult choices about like, you know, going with the guy into like, you know, to go Italy or like actually trying to see if she could get her own career going, you know, so it was kind of interesting to see that. So, yeah, so... um
2: Strong opinions from Virginia. We expected no less from right? you. <laughs> I feel like I learned something about you, which is that you will you will never lie to us. You will not lie to us.
0: <laughs> Even when I know it's recorded. Like I said, like just listening to all you describing the kind of things, why you pick something and what you think I don't like and 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 like. I mean, clearly you know me very well. You know exactly what's gonna be like. Could be problematic for. For me but yeah so
2: well thank you Virginia for your candor for your honesty and hey if you can't be honest with your book friends who can you be honest with let's let's get real here who can you be honest with who ah prime pun opportunity thank you (laughs) Corinne. indeed well Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Virginia, for reading all of our books. Thanks to my other fellow book friends for joining me on this adventure today as well. Thank you to our owl friends and to all of you listeners for indulging us in yet another one of our very special episodes. So from all of us here at Keep It Fictional, we do hope to see you again soon. Bye for now. Bye
3: gotta be another pun in there somewhere
1: thank you for listening if you like our show please tell a fellow book lover about it you can find a list of all the books we discussed in our show notes join us next week for another fun book chat until then keep it fictional